for mobility professionals. This is Inside Into Traffic. Well, of course, this is the week we should have been getting packed and ready to head to Amsterdam for the biggest transport show of the year, Into Traffic. Sadly, that's obviously not been able to happen, but we do have new dates for next year, the 23rd to 26th of March, for us all to meet in the Rye. But for the moment, this is Paul Hutton bringing you thought leadership from Intertraffic in the form of a series of Inside Intertraffic podcasts. Today, I'll talk to the man who should have been my co-reporter from the event, Kevin Boris, and we'll set the scene for our podcast over the weeks to come. And we'll talk too to George de Burr of TomTom, Amsterdam's proud transport export around the world. It's a different kind of podcast, but still filled with plenty of content to get you thinking during these difficult days. This is Inside Into Traffic. This is inside into traffic. So as I say, we were due to be really by now getting ready for Into Traffic 2020. I'd already put together the first of our preview podcasts looking forward to the event when, of course, it got moved to the 23rd and 26th of March 2021. One of the people I was going to be working with in the week in Amsterdam is Kevin Boris, who is a very renowned writer on intelligent transport systems and has been for more years than he probably cares to think of and yes. uh, so let's catch up with uh, Kevin now to sort of discuss the uh, moving of the event and Kevin we kind of guessed it was probably going to happen and it was definitely uh, the right thing to do to very early on decide yeah. that uh, inter-traffic needed to be postponed till next year. Absolutely it's, it's, the, it's the right move and you have to applaud the team that put inter-traffic on for making that decision must have been the, one of the toughest decisions of their, not just their professional lives, but their lives full stop. Because you, it's a two-year process. Even they start looking at the next one during the one that you're at. So middle of the 2018 show, 2020 plans already in place. And the fact that it's been moved for what, for what is an unprecedented reason, you have to applaud them. It's the right, absolutely the right thing to do for a small show. If there's 500 visitors and 50 exhibitors, okay, you can move that bit sort of nearer the time but you're looking at 38,000 people coming from all across the world and the best part of a thousand exhibitors across those huge halls at the Rye that's such a gargantuan event that you have to give it the time and space to to move so yes disappointing for them they've had to move it but they've moved it to, to next year and then, then from then on it's going to be in the the odd years rather than even so, yeah, it's, it's I mean, I, I, I wouldn't want to be in their position. I've cancelled some things and it's very easy for me, but they've cancelled you know, the biggest traffic and transport technology event in the world. Must have been a really, really hard thing to do, but yeah, absolutely. Well, the fact of the matter right. is, Kevin, that uh, it couldn't have taken place if we were still expecting to, to head to Amsterdam. It, it wouldn't have happened. So the, the good thing was we had plenty of warning about it so that it wasn't something where we were thinking, well, is it going to happen? Isn't it going to happen? We, yeah. we were given a warning with plenty of time. I was actually on my way to a face-to-face -face meeting when the, the news broke, and that was the last face-to-face -face meeting 
everything I've had. And since then, us here in the UK have been uh, almost locked down completely. And uh, across the whole of the continent, um, there have been generally uh, bigger measures as well. And that's led now to our idea of uh, of having these thought leadership and discussion podcasts over uh, the next few weeks, just to, to look at some of the issues that were going to be discussed at Intertraffic that will obviously be postponed now till next year but there are ways we've learnt to uh, to do things digitally and uh, we can certainly pick up on some of the themes that you and I were going to be covering in Amsterdam especially around uh, smart cities Yeah, I mean, if, you, if you're thinking of the smart city of the future, you're looking at mobility and new ways to move around new ways to make contact with people, new ways to do business this is, we're trying to make a business out of what's happened but this is the this is the, the ideal way to test those theories out that you can have sales meetings via your computer you can still speak to people on the phone that's kind of died out my my phone has rung more in the last three weeks and probably the last year put together you think things like clean feed and zoom and skype and, and webex are, are really really useful for people because you can you can you can have a phone call fine but a video call with five or six colleagues on your computer it just feels like you're there and those methods of communication that keep you in touch with people it feels like you're there it gives you that sense of the community you go into a trade show the community aspect of dealing with people that you know and meeting new people that that's replicated for the time being electronically and i think that's that's the way forward for now until shows can get back on and um, back on the road literally we've discovered an ex- extremely efficient way of working where you realize that some of the meetings you go to you could have done remotely yeah. uh some of the you know our conversation here we're what over 100 kilometers apart but it sounds almost like we're in the same room mm. um we can have this conversation without having to meet up but boy, do I miss the human interaction. And boy, am I looking forward to the 23rd to 26th of March next year where I can be in the Rye and I can actually talk to somebody in 3D. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? <clears throat> you kind of take that for granted, just going to a trade show because we've been, both been doing it, as you said, more years than we care to remember. And now the fact we can't do it, you kind of miss the whole thing. So there is nothing like the contact because you go to a trade show like in traffic when it's 38,000 people, you've got in your head, you know who you're going to speak to, you know who you're going to interview, you know who you're going to bump into. But there's, there are three or four times a day you'll meet someone you weren't expecting to meet. That's where the good business is done. Those those business cards you didn't expect to get, you can't replace that electronically. That only works with one-to-one or one-to-38,000 ratio of meeting people. And that's what's that's what's got to come back. That's what we're all looking forward to. And the intertraffic is the perfect place for that to happen because you come up, you're, you're walking to the to the cafe and bump into someone from Kazakhstan and then exchange business cards. You'd never met that person electronically or any other show probably. It's that's that's the unique charm of intertraffic that needs that you just can't replace. It's funny, Kevin, because you mentioned walking to the cafe and immediately in my mind's eye, I could see the cafe at the Rye that overlooks uh, one of the halls and I, I, I almost felt I was there. So oh, good. it I'm glad I won't be too that. long. It won't be too long until we are. Um, if you haven't put your uh, dates in the diary yet for into traffic next year, 23rd to 26th of March at the Rye in Amsterdam. But on these podcasts over the next few weeks, we're going to be discussing some of the big issues. We'll talk to George 
George de Boer from TomTom in a moment, one of Amsterdam's finest transport exports around the world. Um, But for now, Kevin, we'll start getting our thinking caps on as to uh, what we're going to discuss in the next few weeks and who each of us are going to be chatting to. And uh, so I look forward to you joining me on one of our next Inside Into Traffic podcasts. Thanks for your time today. Thank you. Cheers, Paul. For mobility professionals, this is Inside Into Traffic. Now, as I mentioned there, we'd already put together our first preview podcast for this year's Into Traffic when the event had to be postponed. One of my guests on that first podcast was George DeBurr, Global Director of Marketing at TomTom, and I thought you'd want to hear some of what he talked about, beginning with the transition the business has been making to a B2B company. As you know, TomTom is transforming from a real consumer electronics company that we used to be and how we started and and how we became big into more a B2B company. So where location tech was in a set nav in the old days with the hardware, the navigation software, the maps, etc. We're now making sure that we can make that available to companies like like automotive companies. So a lot of older, most of the automotive companies are using either a bit of our components or the full stack of navigation in their cars today for in-dash navigation. Or we can deliver that location tech to enterprises like Microsoft or Uber where they can use it in either their online services like Microsoft in the Azure cloud or Uber can use it in the backend to optimize the routing for the Uber drivers. One of the things that we've launched again uh, as every year is the traffic index uh, because we're making traffic information from more than 600 million devices around the world. They come into our data centers, we process it into real-time traffic information so we can serve those car drivers and also these enterprises because we believe that with that kind of location tech insights we can create a safer cleaner and congestion-free world we can't do it alone and it's also not that if drivers have the right information maybe they can route around traffic but we also need to help the governments to get those insights on the traffic information so they can know where the bottlenecks are or at least the worst places in their road network and so they can fix them and that's also what we're showing at InterTraffic. So we've revamped our online solutions for road authorities so they can log into the TomTom Move portal, it's called nowadays. Um, they can do analysis on a huge amount of, uh, of data points. I think there's over, well, we get in 1 billion data points every hour and we stored the information for the past nine years already. So there's like a tremendous database of, uh, and we need to buy storage every day as well to, to make sure we can keep storing that. So that gives a really robust database for traffic authorities, you could say, uh, to look into the database and see if the measures they've taken, if that really is there, so they can do a before and after analysis. They, but they can also look at, okay, where's traffic coming from? Where's it going to? Order and destination analysis on a bigger scale. And for example, determine where, where to build a new bridge. Or if I close that road, where do I need to take the other measures? And that's really, that's our way of making that same information that we make available for drivers, make it also available for traffic authorities. Now, I could talk to you all day because my background is in traveller information. 20 years ago, I took over running a radio traffic news company's operation. Uh, my information gathering wasn't quite as technical as yours. We used to phone up uh, gas stations and roadside diners, ask them to look out of the window and tell us what was going on. Or we would fly a little plane over a city and try and spot traffic jams from there. So the floating vehicle and the cellular floating vehicle data that came in has 
transformed the way we understand uh, traffic moving on the roads. Obviously, in the early days, it wasn't necessarily very accurate. What sort of percentage of accuracy are you now finding on your road network? And, and what sort of percentage of the roads are you confident that the quality of data is there? So the nice thing about cars driving around um, and giving us back data, we only see problems where there's cars. So we don't have to cover roads where there's no cars. Uh, so that automatically answers a bit of your question. So when there's cars, when they're connected, we get the data, so simple as that. When it's overcrowded, we get more data. And where it's overcrowded, you get problems. So in the spots where it counts, we have the data. But we also do sophisticated stuff like, for example, looking at the historic data in our database. And if we see that there's an anomaly, for example, we expect a lot of traffic, but we don't see any traffic, we can easily close that road. So we our AI algorithms automatically close the road. So make a road closure, we send around to car drivers so they can really drive around the road closure. That could be because the government forgot us to send us the memo. Could also be that there's a, a big accident and that road is closed uh, by that. That's George de Burr from Amsterdam's TomTom. And when we get to the Rhine next March, we'll get to talk some more with him about all of this. In the meantime, I'm hoping to catch up with George over the next few weeks to discuss the changes TomTom has been seeing in its data since the crisis began and where we've seen a huge drop in transport numbers. So that's podcast one, setting the scene for our series with the main talking points from Intertraffic Amsterdam. We may not physically be with you in the Rye, but we're here to try and help over the next few weeks and months. I hope you're well, getting on with work okay, and not going too crazy at home. Soon enough, though, we will be back to meeting in person, I'm sure. So for now, thanks for listening, and Kevin and I will join you again soon. Inside Intertraffic is produced and presented by Paul Hutton and is the official podcast of Intertraffic. Intertraffic.